everyone. Welcome to episode 72, ROI with Love. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So I'm talking about something that sounds super fancy, but it's not as fancy as it sounds. And when I first heard the term ROI, I was like, what is that? And it means return on investment. So like in my business, I have a virtual assistant who is priceless. And when she sends me the bill every month, I pay it so quickly because she does so much for me behind the scenes that my return on investment by paying her to help me do all of the stuff that is very hard and monotonous for me, it's a very high return on investment because it allows me to free up my brain, time with my family, time with myself, time to meditate and have think time because she takes so much off my plate. So my ROI is very high. My return on investment is very high. I had someone come to my house the other day and he washed my car and vacuumed it. My ROI was very high because it was such a gift. The place on the corner that does our car wash, because they're so good, they're so popular, the line is around the corner. So it takes forever. So the ROI on having him come to my house, he brought his own water supply, was very high. So ROI means what is your return on your investment? So I've talked a lot about love languages with you, and I really want to dive a little bit deeper and teach you about unconditional love and loving someone and there's nothing they can do about it. A lot of times we think that we have to have a relationship and they have to give us something in return to have a relationship. What if a relationship you have with someone else was only through your thoughts about that person? Because I have a girlfriend who lost her sister and she has a very close relationship with her sister because her thoughts about her sister are filled with love and abundance and kindness and she misses her. But she still has a relationship with her even though they don't spend time together. And I know you probably have people in your life that live very far away, but you are still in relationship with them because of the way you talk about them, the way you think about them. When you see their pictures, maybe on Facebook, you have loving thoughts about them. So that is a relationship, even though they're not giving anything back to you, so to speak. It feels good to love them. The act of loving someone is how you have a relationship with them. A lot of times we think that when someone does something for us or someone says, I love you, we feel love because they said something or did something for us. But that is not the case. The reason why we feel loved in that moment is because of the way we're thinking about them in that moment. Because if you've ever had someone that loves you and has said, I love you, and you're mad at them, you don't feel a lot of love towards them. Well, why is that? If they're saying, I love you, why don't you love them back? Why aren't you feeling love in that moment? 
Think about the model. Circumstances are completely neutral. So what your husband does, what your wife does, what your kids do, what your dog does is completely neutral. You have thoughts about your circumstance or that person in your life, and those thoughts create the love. And then the love drives the action, and then the result is usually connection when love is always in the middle of the model. So I always ask myself, what would love do? That's a question Brooke taught me to ask myself, When I'm in situations, what would love do in this moment? Whether it's with the kids, with David, with someone online, with a friend, with a sister, with a brother, if I had one, what would love do? And so when you can always see it through those glasses, then life becomes super abundant. And I talk about love languages all the time. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your ROI with love. So if you've ever had a pet or if you have a pet, think about how you love that animal. They don't have to do anything to earn that love. Sometimes they even do things that frustrate you, but your love is not on a dimmer switch. It's unconditional. They might even pee on your rug, still love them. Even though they peed on your rug, they might chew your shoes, still love them. Because your thoughts about them is nothing but love. Think about when you were dating your spouse, if you're married. When you were dating, you had nothing but love flowing from you, and it was almost like a hose that you couldn't shut off, and you were always thinking of ways to show that person all of this love that was flowing out of you. So conversely, when you are angry or resentful or bitter, it's because of thoughts you're having and you only hurt yourself. You cut off that hose, so to speak, that hose of love that is naturally flowing out of you because I was listening to a podcast called The Growth Podcast. It's a marriage podcast. It was so good. And he said, you know, when we touch a hot stove, we flinch away because of the hot stove. The same thing happens in relationships. It's that fight or flight. Whenever we feel like we've been hurt or someone said something that they shouldn't have said or a tone was used or an expectation wasn't met, we flinch and we pull away from not the stove, but from that loved one. And so what happens is when you're first dating someone, there are no flinches. When you first meet your puppy, there are no flinches. There's no baggage, so to speak. But over time, after the years, things will happen. Expectations aren't met, miscommunications, disagreements. I think that the dishes should be loaded this way. Silly things, and we start to flinch and pull away, and we stop ourselves from loving someone else because of that flinching feeling. And that's when the walls get created. And that's because the brain doesn't like to be vulnerable. It likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. It does not like to get hurt. So whenever it sees or feels a sense of burning like the hot stove, it pulls away and says, no, 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 no. We were vulnerable before. Remember where that got us? Sometimes when we enter a new relationship, we even remember the pain or the flinching from the prior relationship. So we hold back. It's like we hold back our cards and it's like playing a game of poker where it's like, show me your hands and then I will show you, show me vulnerability and then I'll show you my vulnerability. But you have to go first. So I love talking about the love cup because I like thinking about how our hearts are open. When I used to teach first grade and I would walk around with the love cup, I said, you have to open up your heart so I can fill it with love from this love cup. First, we fill it up in the classroom. We pour all our love into the cup. And I said, okay, now you need to open up your heart because the only way you can feel love is you open up your heart first so you can give it to other people. So they would learn to open up their hearts. And so I want you to think about your heart and the loved ones within your four walls and their love and their cups and their hearts. And I want you to start thinking about like a bank account. 
Because I feel like marriages and relationships, everyone says they're so hard. It's such hard work. Marriage is hard work. Marriage is hard work. And we have to remember that we opted into this marriage and we opted into being parents. However, it looks for us to be parents. We opted into all of this. So how do we want to show up? And how do we want to fill up their love cups in the way that they feel love? So I'm always teaching about the love languages and knowing what your love language is, not so you can tell all the other people, so you can give that love to yourself because the act of loving yourself in the way that you feel loved is how you fill up your own love cup, like a bank account. Then you take money, which we're gonna use money as the example, what we're really talking about love. You take money from your bank account and you pour it and you make deposits into other people's hearts within your four walls and within your Saturn with intention in the way that they feel love. And then in that act of making deposits, you get an ROI on that investment. You get a percentage back because the act of feeling love is a gift to you and it's a gift to the person you're giving it to. So it's almost like you're double dipping and it's a win-win. So for example, the five love languages. Gift giving, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. Those are the five. There's a quiz that I can link in the show notes to find out what yours is and then also the people in your house, what theirs is. This will make a huge difference because the act of love is making deposits into their love cups because you have abundance in your heart. And then you get a percentage rate, just like in the banks. When I put money into the bank, we get one to 3% back on our investment, putting money into stocks and mutual funds and bank accounts. So when we think about it that way, we're making deposits into our own bank account first and loving ourselves in the way that we like to feel loved. And then we do that same act into the people within our four walls, just like we do with our pets. We don't expect anything in return. We can make requests, but if they don't fulfill the request, we don't make it mean anything about us, our relationship, or our worthiness, or our value. So this is not a doormat love where you just give and whatever comes back in return. You can have boundaries, you can make requests, but you can only control your side of the street. So the conscious parenting relays and it goes very nicely into conscious marriages. Because if I had to sit in a therapist's office and tell David all of my needs and tell him he needs to fulfill all of them, and then he were to tell me all of his needs and I need to fulfill all of them, that sounds miserable. That is not his job. It's also not my job to fulfill his needs. He controls his side of the street. I control my side of the street. I love him because it feels good to love him. I don't want to be in a marriage where we're in a marriage out of obligation for the children or because we have wedding vows. I want to be married and I want him to feel happy to be married because it feels good to express his love and to feel loved. And his only job is for him to be there for me to love him. That's all he has to do, just like Maggie, our puppy. Because it goes back to if you chose wisely, then all you have to do is treat kindly. And then you're living in abundance in your marriage and your relationship with your kids because your kids see this as a role model of like, oh, this is how to act in a relationship. So when you're making deposits, you get interest back. Now, the intentional part comes from if I were to give David a compliment and say, you are such a nice person. You are always there for the kids. You drive them whenever, wherever. You're such a great coach. You're always there for me and with the kids and you're just such a nice person. That is gonna give maybe a $50 deposit into his love cup. Words of affirmation is very far down on his love language list. However, 
If I bring up the garbage can from the street, that's going to be a $100 deposit, okay? So when I make that $100 deposit, I make 1% back because the act of loving feels good for me. I don't have to say, hey, I brought up the garbage can, make a deposit. The act of doing that, knowing that I'm doing it with intention, it feels warm and fuzzy to do just like when we were dating. I'm making that deposit because it feels good to love. And then I get the interest of 1%. I can still do the compliments because my love language is words of affirmation. So it feels very natural to give the compliments freely. It still makes a deposit. It's just not as a big of a deposit. Does that make sense? So like if my love language was physical touch and I'm going up to the kids and I'm hugging them and wanting to hold hands with them while we're watching a movie, that is going to make probably make a withdrawal because they're not into physical touch anymore. They're 10 and 12 and our hugs, when I go to hug them, it feels very awkward because they stick their butt out and they kind of do a side hug and it doesn't really make that big of a deposit. However, if I play Super Mario Brothers with Grady, that's a $100 deposit. So I earn 1% back because it feels good, the act of loving. The only thing they need to do is be there for me to love them. If they're grown and flown and off at college or off living their own life, I still, all they have to do is be there for me to love them. I can love them from afar. I can love them through my house because that act of loving benefits me because it's based on my thoughts and love is at the center of the model. If I go outside and throw the ball to Lily while she does spikes and bumps and sets in volleyball, that makes a bigger deposit than if I were to go to hug her. Or if we go to Starbucks, that's a $100 deposit. I earn interest on that love, so my return on investment is very high. Now, if I pull away and I flinch away because of an argument or if something is said, then that's on me. I am flinching away and I am harming myself because I am now going behind the wall and I am now holding back love that naturally flows out of all of us. But when we hold back and we hide behind walls because we think that we're going to try to protect ourselves, we actually hurt ourselves in the process because the act of holding back and the act of resentment and the act of flinching away feels very lonely and isolating. So it's just a different kind of hurt. So what happens is you start living in these relationships within your four walls and they start to give you energy. Because that act of loving someone is very energy fueling. So you're making deposits, making deposits, making deposits. You're gaining interest, making deposits, gaining interest, making deposits, gaining interest, making deposits in yourself first and the way that you feel loved. And that's a direct deposit, $100, $100, $100. Then you have all that abundance to give into others. And then you're living on that interest because you get that interest back. Now, arguments, disagreements, people will get on each other's nerves. They will annoy you and you will annoy them. And that is okay. Why is that? Because you have abundance in the bank account to make withdrawals, which will happen. Now, it's kind of like if you're living below your means and you have extra money in your bank and you have money in your savings account and then you go to get your oil change and they say, you need new tires on your car. And you're like, bro, are you kidding me? That's 800 bones. That's gonna hurt and it's gonna stink, but you have extra money in the bank account to pay for the $800. It's not something you wanna do. You're still gonna do it, but you're not gonna be worried about paying the electric bill. If you've ever lived paycheck to paycheck, that is a very stressful way to live because when the tires stuff happens, which it always does, that's part of the life in human experience. When the tires go out and you're not expecting it and you have unexpected cost and you're living paycheck to paycheck, then it gets chosen between do I choose the tires or do I keep the electricity on? It will be very stressful. You might lose sleep and you've made a withdrawal from an account that is paycheck to paycheck. 
The same thing works in your relationships. When there's not a lot of abundance and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're not making a lot of deposits because you're both hiding behind your walls, then when the tire thing happens or there's a misunderstanding or I thought you were going to pick them up from baseball and I was going to pick up from volleyball. Oh, wait, I thought you were going to. No, you were. Those little Bickersons, when Dave and I were fighting about the recycle bin, at that time, we were living paycheck to paycheck, so it turned into a bigger argument than it needed to turn into because we were living paycheck to paycheck, so that withdrawal put us in the red. So that tire example is the same thing when you're fighting over silly, ridiculous little things like the recycle bin or the little irritations of each other. You don't have the abundance to pull from because there hasn't been deposits made over and over and over. So you're not living from your savings account. You're living from paycheck to paycheck. So it feels very much like walking on eggshells. And then that disagreement about the recycle bin, you lose sleep. You're sleeping on the couch. It turns into a couple hours, maybe a couple days, longer than it needed to be versus, oh, that stinks. We have to pay $800 for those tires, but you still have money in the bank and that's okay. Do you see how much quicker that goes? Do you see how much easier life is when you're living in abundance because your bank account and your love cup is full? Then you have lots to give to the people around you from a place of love and abundance, not from a place of bitter. And what have you done for me lately? And show me your poker cards and I'll show you mine. Because when we go back to the therapist's office and we say, well, these are David's needs and I need to meet them all. And then here are my needs and David needs to meet them all. That sounds exhausting. That sounds impossible. And sometimes I have a list of needs that I can't even meet for myself. So how am I expecting David, another human who's flawed and awesome, to fulfill all of those needs? Not his job. Just like Maggie, she has to do nothing for me to love her because it has to do with my thoughts that I have about her. Nothing that she's done or hasn't done. It's unconditional. Because love is the most powerful emotion that we all know and we all love to have. And so why withhold that from the people within our four walls? Because what happens is if we're putting up our walls in our four walls, we end up hurting ourselves and ourselves only. Now, this does not mean you're a doormat. This does not mean you don't have boundaries. This does not mean you don't have deal breakers. If you chose wisely, then it's very easy to treat kindly. And then it ripples down into your kids because then they realize this is the way we roll. This is all they know. If you have more than one child, it sets the tone. It's almost like the principal and the system principal of the school. They set the tone and they set the morale for the whole school. So if there's a lot of love flowing between the assistant principal and the principal, a lot of light energy, a lot of joking around, a lot of talking about each other behind their backs in a kind, loving, awesome way, then that's what they're going to do in the staff. That's what your kids are going to do because you're setting the tone, you're setting the blueprint for how to be expected to be treated in a relationship. This is how we roll. And then that's all they're going to know. And the coolest part of it all is when they grow up and they get into their young adult and adult relationships, they will gravitate towards love instead of repelling against it. Because if there's a lot of yelling and screaming and name calling and a lot of toxicity or a lot of stress, or God forbid, some spanking or hitting or punching of walls out of anger, if there's a lot of that, then that is what they will be drawn towards when they get into their young adult and adult relationships. They will think that that's normal. It might not feel good to them, but it will feel very familiar to them. So even if they have a thousand friends saying, you have to get out of the relationship, he or she is not treating you right. The reason why they stay is because they're trying to heal an old wound in current time. So it feels very familiar to them because they've associated all of what I just said with love, but love never hurts. When we set the blueprint for what love should feel like, what it looks like, what they should expect, we're writing on their unconscious brain. So then when they grow up, they're unconsciously drawn to someone like 
either the same gender parent or the opposite gender parent. They're drawn to someone that feels familiar. They either become that person or they're drawn to someone like that. So what a great motivation to love people unconditionally. And they have to do nothing other than to be there for us to love them, even if it's from afar. Even if you're divorced, you can still love from afar because it's based on your thoughts, not based on anything they do or don't do. And isn't that what we all want? Don't we all just want to be loved for who we are at our core without expectations, without manuals, without agendas, without hoops that we need to jump through? You want to let your hair down and relax and be you in your four walls. And that is the greatest feeling to be able to do that. So why not give that to the people that live within our four walls? This is very difficult because we all have egos. And what are egos rooted in? Egos are rooted in fear and lack and not being good enough. So we think that the other person is pushing our buttons and triggering us and making us flinch, but other people cannot control our side of the street. Our actions are based on our emotions, which come from our thoughts. So I can tell you all the amazing things about David, and then I am feeling love because of all the amazing thoughts that I'm having about him. He's never going to hear this. He's not benefiting from this right now, but I'm benefiting from because my love hose is flowing. Now I could tell you the things that annoy me about him. Then who does that hurt? It doesn't hurt him. He's not listening. It hurts me because I'm shutting off that hose and now it's just kind of dribbling out a little bit. And whatever you focus on will only grow. So I will go find evidence for all the awesome things about him. If I talk to you about flaws, I will go find all the flaws. Just like I want him and the kids to focus on all the awesome things about me. Not my flaws, which I have hundreds of them, but whatever they focus on will only grow. And that's okay. We're all flawed and we're all awesome. Choose wisely, treat kindly, love unconditionally, love in the way that you like to feel loved and love yourself in the way that you like to feel loved and love them based on their love language not based on your love language. That is where we get it mixed up because I was loving David for so many years and I was complimenting him. I was putting notes on his dashboards, in his wallet, and I was making $10, $20 deposits, but I was doing it with an expectation that he was gonna give me something in return, not his job. His only job is to be there for me to love him. My kid's only job is to be there for me to love them. They cannot push my buttons. They cannot trigger me. And if we know that the person that we're in relationship with has our back and has our best interest at heart, then we can love without conditions. Then we can love freely. Then we can love vulnerably because we know that they're on our side and they want the best for us and we are on their side and we want the best for them. And the worst thing that could happen is that they could say something, do something, and then I could have an emotion and I can handle my emotions. I can control my side of the street. They can control their side of the street. They fill up their cup, then pour from there. I fill up my cup, then I pull from there. And in that act of pouring into their love cups, we get a return on investment with that love. So go be a fire hose and love your people without any type of judgment, without abandon, and love them with all your vulnerability. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too. 
each and every day. Thanks for listening.